Kelly, I hear you did a century ride this weekend. And for our listeners, just so we know, a century is a hundred miles for you, right? hundred kilometers over here. We have short <laughs> centuries. Oh yeah. So there is a hundred K option often, but you know, that's like the weak Canadian version. So that's right. nobody does Us that. Weak Canadians can only manage a hundred Ks. So. <laughs> I did, I did like the local century that's annual. So I like have done it on and off for like 10 years. It's very, it's a weird thing. Cause you like see it grow and shrink and, but it's the longest I've ridden in solidly a year, I think. And you know, that point after like five hours where time like outside the bike ride ceases to exist you like don't know how long you've been out there you don't even care it doesn't even matter and you're just and and you're just kind of out there and you're like well I have to get home the only way to get home is to keep riding to keep riding is to keep riding and then you're like so I was thinking about this Sarah because there's definitely been situations in the past like I can think of stories where like my shifting went out and my thing like something broke and but you're like guess I gotta figure this out I gotta get home yeah, you when, you, when when you're on, uh, sorry, I just have a like related story. When you're on Christmas Day, my friend and I went out. We would train. I was training near Dubai. We used to train out there, and I'd never seen it so windy across the desert. And we went on this ride that was supposed to be under five hours, and it took us seven hours and forty five minutes because it was so windy that we like imagine like sand being blown across the desert. It's like in your teeth, Ugh. and we're barely moving forward. Like we're like one's tucked behind the other, and then we're switching off. Like at one point, I threw my bike into the desert. Like it was bad. Anyway, we had to get home, and it took us seven hours and forty five minutes. And my parents were almost going to send out like like call the alarm, like set off the alarms, call out the whatever the United Arab Emirates equivalent <laughs> is of the <laughs> of a search party. But you, but you like made it. Cause I feel like this used to be the thing you were like, well, I have to get home. I have mm-hmm. to keep moving. I'll make it there eventually. And now, right. now, you know what I realized now there's times where I'm like, fuck it. I'm calling a lift. <laughs> and I have done that. And then it's I like, and both times I've done it this spring, like something was wrong, right? Like something had gone wrong and I called a lift to get me. And then after the second time though, I realized Sarah in the past, I would have just toughed it. I would have figured it out. I would have dealt with it. Yeah. Isn't it funny? <laughs> well, this, this story, this story I just told about the Christmas desert, whatever. This is how old I am. We didn't even have cell phones at that time. Like there was, we would have had to go to a gas station with a quarter or whatever, not a quarter, but whatever the United Arab Emirates equivalent of a quarter is <laughs> and put it into a phone to call someone to come get us. Like, so yeah, it's like a different and, and typically even since phones, I don't care. Like I used to carry just a bit of change. Like I right, carry like a five dollar bill just to buy yeah. a Coke and a Snickers bar. You know. You know what though? I like. I don't know. Maybe it made us harder when you're like, "Well, I got to deal with this." I do worry about the poor college kids these days who like they're not never going to have the experience of having to figure out how to get home That's from right. the city across a bridge at two a.m. They can just be like, "Oh, fuck it, call a lift." Kids these days, kids Kelly, these days, you, they're so soft. <laughs> Okay, coming up on the show, swim run tips as Kelly prepares for the swim run race in Casco Bay this weekend. How many people actually did a triathlon last year and when the New York Times gets their facts wrong? Age group nationals this weekend. And last but not least, triathlon in pop culture. Kelly. 
Kelly, I finally got my shipment of noon up here in Canada, and I am so excited. The last couple days, I've been going to CrossFit with Noon Hydration Sport Watermelon Flavor, and I have been loving it so far. But I want to know from you, what product should I try next? Okay, so you're trying the tablet. So the Sport tablet is the one you drop in your water bottle. They also have an immunity tablet for, you know, when you're feeling sick, that you can drop in your water bottle. And I've been trying the, or been using the Noon Rest which is for recovery and relaxation. It's like chamomile flavored. It has magnesium and potassium in it. I you like drink it before you go to bed. Helps you recover well. You sleep great. It's fantastic. Okay, awesome. I'm totally going to try that tonight. Okay, if anyone at home wants to try, go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off. So Iron Women is our sister podcast. Noonlife, N-U-U-N, life.com. Give it a try. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker, Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker, Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the time. Okay, Sarah, so I've replaced you as my partner. And, and I'm still upset about it. Honestly, swim run is not going to be the same without me. I'm telling you right now, you're not allowed to have as much fun with Leslie as you did with me. Uh, no, I don't think we'll have as much fun. I think we will go faster. However, <laughs> that I will not argue. <laughs> so Leslie and I are doing the big swim run in Casco Bay, which used to definitely be like the biggest one in the U.S. Now the sport's like hot. Up and coming. You called it, Kelly. It's happening. Swim run is taking off. But you were going to do the one this weekend and you managed to like injure another partner, another potential partner. So apparently, okay, this is the second time I've had a foiled swim run this year. Apparently, if you agree to be my partner, you're going to have a medical issue. Emergency. Yeah. Definitely an emergency. Like you're going to end up in the ER. So (laughs) the first one was a few, a couple months ago, I had actually gone to Seattle and was going to meet my friend Karen in Bellingham for a swim run there. And the night before she calls me and she's like in the ER, she had some random infection, like the lymph nodes under her arm. She sent me a picture were like ginormous. <laughs> they did all these tests, like literally tests, scary tests, like cancer AIDS, right? Like right. Scary shit tests. happening. Yeah. yeah. And she's, I'm like, and she's like, it's fine. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll come I'm like, no, Karen, <laughs> like stay home, get well, you're good. So that was the first time. And then this time um, I was going to be, par- I was going to partner and take on you and Leslie. Right, right. It was going to be hot competition happening at Swim Run. Of course, <laughs> obviously. Um, with Emma Kate Lippery, who is the senior editor, is that her title? Managing editor at Triathlete, yeah. Managing editor at Triathlete Magazine. And we were going to be like the media queens or something like this. And 
Anyway, she got, was it attacked mauled by a pack by of, dogs? Yeah. She got I, mauled by wild dogs while running. <laughs> like what? <laughs> anyway, so a couple weeks ago, we had to call that one quit. So I'm still hopeful for the Orcas Island one that's in September. Okay. That's, that's really close to here. So maybe some brave soul will volunteer to be my partner. We'll take that odd. Uh, yeah. But since you're not racing and you're not going to have to be concerned about us, you know, using your tips against you, Sarah, and beating you, mm-hmm. what tips do you have then for me and Leslie? Okay. So your tips, you won't be surprised because we did this together last year. What? <laughs> One, you need to maintain a sense of humor and not try to, um, it's not like a triathlon, right? You can't control everything. You're not on pavement going in a straight line. Right. So I, yeah, I did tell her important. if we don't get lost, we will pick up a solid 15 minutes on us last year. A hundred percent. Like the time we spent wandering around the trail looking for people. So yes, eyes up. It's more important to go the right way than to go fast for sure. Um, we did make a lot of time on the swim, right? Mm-hmm. So like sighting, going point to point, having swim skills, which you two will both have is pretty important. So there's no boys, right? You're just like head towards that beach with the little flag, right? Like, <laughs> as we learned. And then like communicating, remember? Communication Lots is the key. Lots of communication. Mm-hmm. Lots of, I'm ready. Are you ready? Here we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're starting swimming, because in those moments, right? Like you have to start, you have to be, well, you don't have to be tethered, but you should be tethered right. in order to stay with your partner because you could otherwise end up lost in the open ocean. Um, and so, so we're tethered together and we're heading in for another swim and there's like 17 swim segments or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's like your transitions matter. Right. And so as we're heading in, we're like talking to each other all the time. Like, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cause if you start swimming and you pull me over and I like break my nose, it doesn't help. It would be bad. That would be, that would be a downer. Mm-hmm. That would be mm-hmm. a downer. So stuff like that. Like just, I think like being patient with each other, communicating really helps. So it's like in that way, like all of those things I just said would not apply to a triathlon at all. So no. in that, those ways, it's a different race. I know. I actually just turned in a story and I'm not sure if it ran yet in tri- for triathlete magazine about, you know, triathletes doing their first swim run and like how to get ready and how oh. it's different. And so why are we asking workouts? me for tips? What did I miss? What were your good tips? Well, I didn't, I actually asked experts to be clear. Oh, these weren't just my <laughs> tips. I like went and asked like swim co- swim run coaches who are very good, but they talked a lot about communication uh, being prepared for anything. It's not a triathlon wow. practice in your equipment. That's key. Ooh, I did practice Ooh, in my one. equipment yesterday, Sarah. And I was, I was running quite hard because I was trying to test out what it would be like to actually race this quite hard this year, since we didn't really mm. do that last year. So I was actually trying to run very fast in all my equipment down wow, a single track trail. A little bouncing of paddles. It was very stuff. hard and it was very hot. And the single track weaves next to this freeway. And I was like right at commute time. So there's definitely a lot of commuters who are wondering what the hell I was doing. So you're there, you're like running in your wetsuit <laughs> and your goggles and you've got like paddles clattering around. And I was like trying to do like 645 pace down this trail. Yeah. It was <laughs> fantastic. Just, like, booking it. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, like, I love that. So <laughs> practice is key because I decided that was maybe ambitious. FYI. So yeah, I do think it's going to be. I mean, I obviously we've said this for a while. I do think it's going to be big. I think it's like finally going to be swim runs year in the U.S. because Attilo is finally having their first swim run event in the U.S. in February, March, late February, early March, which is kind of like Ironman having its first event in a right. country. It goes from being just triathlon to being Ironman then. Um, 
So I do think this is the year it breaks through. I've already heard a ton of people like big swimmers, big runners who have never, who aren't even triathletes being like, Oh, maybe I'll do the Attila race in February. So. Right. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be, I, I'm a little bit more tempered in my opinion, but I think it will be like a, a slow breakthrough, but it will Mm -hmm. happen. Like, in the next like three to five years, everyone's going to know what swim run is. And you will be the to, pioneers. I know you won't have to keep explaining it at the park to the people who are like, what are you doing? Exactly. To the, when you're running down the highway with your paddles right. clattering, they'll right. know they'll be like swim run, swim run. Yes, obviously. But this does get, cause okay. So I do wonder, cause we keep saying it's the hot new thing. I do wonder how many people have actually done a swim run. I'm guessing it's still not cracking 2000 3000 like in the country exactly Mm because this whole week sarah and i wrote about this in the newsletter i was trying to find out how many people have done a triathlon or like in the last year how many members you know how many triathletes are there how many members of usa like whatever you know however we define it Mm -hmm. how many triathletes exist it was Mm. wildly hard to find out shockingly hard right which is bizarre since you'd think usat would have well, they're like overhauling their data on the back end. Okay. So I like kind of get, but yeah, they haven't really released like membership numbers in a few years. So the whole impetus of this was there was a New York Times article. Did you mm-hmm. read the New York Times article? I skimmed it. You skimmed it. So there was a New York mm-hmm. Times article that was kind of overarching thesis was triathlons on the decline because it's too expensive and, you know, other things. And so the sport is trying to attract new people by being fun and cheap. But if you read this article, there were some things that jumped Mm -hmm. out. Yes. (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, as a thesis, that's sort of fine. It's a little whatever. I don't even see where the fun and cheap piece is coming in. But anyway, there were other even more funny things in the article. So I'm going to read you some sentences. When I read the article, made me... The average entry fee, $90, has held fairly steady for several years, but some registration can exceed $300. Okay, I don't think I've ever in in this entire time paid as little as $90 for a race entry. Like a really, there's maybe a couple, I don't remember, like a couple little local races. Right, like back in the day. Yeah. But I still feel like they might have been like $120. Like I, I still... I would be surprised if I actually paid as little as well. The other half is maybe you did, right? Like we had college races that were 60, 70 bucks, but math suggests for every $700 Ironman entry, there have to be eight $0 entries in order to average out to 90. So, (laughs) (laughs) so like, (laughs) then wasn't there another one about bikes? Yeah. So then the next, so that was the first one that I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. And then the next line said, a road bike, the type used by most racers generally costs at least $500 with many priced over a thousand. Can you imagine doing a triathlon on a $500 bike? I mean, it's certainly possible. Like, let's not discourage people. My road bike that I raced many years in college on was like $600 and I still have it and it's fine. And there should be more people that do, that do like this right the environment should be able to include all totally of them, right. fine but, but it is but if you're writing a whole story about how expensive triathlon is right. you should probably not hit like the lowest point you should focus on the average <laughs> so wow. anyway so i so we did an article for triathlete kind of just, I mean, obviously in general, I think the New York Times, like they got the general facts right. It's not like, oh my God, fake news. 
they got True. the like but they were generally just, accurate they just missed some like details a, they missed a couple zeros on some of their numbers well they got the information from some reports that were they got the information from reports that were uh, inaccurate like they, the report they used heavily was from runsignup.com, which is a race registration platform, which if you've never heard of, it's because it's not widely used for triathlons, right? So I understand why if you haven't done a triathlon, you'd be like, oh, well, this report makes sense. But if you've done a triathlon, you're like, if you only use data from runsignup.com, you're missing everything that uses any other platform, such as, I don't know, active, like all Ironman brand races, right? So it doesn't... Like, that is fake news. Like, if you don't go to the place that has the actual prices for race entries to get your data, well, you've yeah, like you, created they, fake news. They went to a race registration platform. It just wasn't it just, the biggest it one. Yeah. I mean, the, the fake news doesn't matter in this case, right? Yeah, um, it's just it's sort not, of, yeah. But it's, it's, it is funny. It's just poor reporting. Anyway, they also didn't even mention Iron Man or use the word Iron Man one time in the whole story, which is just funny to me. Because how can you talk about triathlon in the U.S. and not use the word Ironman? It's fine. Right. Whatever. But the, the big question we were trying to talk about is, so they were saying participation has dropped and it's still dropping. And only 130,000 people were, tri- like, were, you know, USAT members were triathletes last year. So we were like, that. well, is that true? Like, uh, general industry understanding is that it's sort of turning around, right? Like numbers are starting to go back up. They're leveling off. Like most race directors are saying they've seen like a leveling off the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I tried to find out Sarah, like, and this was actually not, not like, this was not as easy as just look at reading the report and finding a di- like a more accurate report. This turned out to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And one, one organization who does a survey told me two and a half million people did a triathlon last year, which um, maybe like numbers aren't your thing, but uh, that's Whoa. high. That's not accurate. That's a, that's <laughs> like, a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And, um, and then the, the report that New York times was using which they didn't even use this data from that report, whatever, uh, had it around a hundred thousand, just like a little low. Seems low. Yeah. So I gotta tell you the people who had the best numbers were, it was Gary at multi-sport research. He does like all the data and research oh, for the Gary industry. R- mm-hmm. Yep. Wrote and the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was on his podcast once. Yeah. So he actually like had Gary. very good numbers. I got to commend him because everyone else sucked balls. <laughs> and he says that it's about 450,000 triathlon starts, like people starting and that it has leveled off. Like the decline has leveled off in 2018. And most indicators are that it's like stop declining for so far in 2019 Well, and stopping declining is actually an increase right in a way yeah i don't know i mean that's all in how you view the world sarah <laughs> i'm an optimist right <laughs> um, okay well thank you gary i, I mean frank, the new york times couldn't do it but we got gary they should have just corner. called gary and been like tell me how many he had like various but he was like this many people on average do a 70.3 so very right. specific amazing mm-hmm. okay well, at least someone's got it under control um okay age group nationals speaking of which um, um the well, age group national championship in the u.s is this weekend correct yeah it's this saturday and sunday and that is a race that's like grown over the years my understanding and there's a pretty good kind of history on on slow twitch of this was back in the day they basically just add another race we're like and this is going to be the national championship you now won and obviously over the years usa triathlon really took that race on like puts it on 
actually puts the race on now. It's grown. It's like 4,000-ish people now. I did it once back in 2009 when it was in Oregon. Do you guys have something like this? Have you ever done it? We do. We do have a national championship. We also have provincial championship. Oh, that's cute. The equivalent of state championship. (laughs) Um, And no one takes it really that seriously. Really? Um, I think they've been trying to create something. But one of the challenges we have, and I wonder about this in the US too, is um, location, right? So when it's on the East Coast, everyone, like everyone from Ontario and Quebec goes to it. And when it's in the West Coast, it's like Alberta and BC attend it. And nobody really, there's not enough, um, what do you call it, like incentive to fly across the country to go to that race. Is that the same in the US? No, I think USA Triathlon's actually done a really good job. And I want to say this is in the last 10 years of making it a destination event. They've done that a few ways, I think, by one telling you, you qualified for the national championships. And so that's like, oh my God, I should go. And then two, it is how they pick the world's team. So if you're like an age grouper who wants to race... Where is ITU Worlds next year? I don't even know. Spain? No, it's Spain this past year. If you want to do that, and a lot of people do, you have to go to nationals. There's like other ways to qualify, but that's the way they do it. And because it became like a destination event, like they made it a thing in and of itself. They really like advertised the shit out of it. It's all over Instagram. You know what I mean? Like they really promoted it. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Like it's a big deal to be like, I'm the 40 to 44 national champion. Yeah. Like people actually take it pretty seriously. I think that's great. I think it should be a big deal. And yeah. I think it's something we've talked about at the triathlon business conference the last couple of years um, around like this focus on long course and triathlon is kind of working against us. And I right. think one of the things that can work to help keep people into the shorter distances or encourage people in is to keep people there at every level, like to really celebrate how great it is to go fast at a sprint or an Olympic, you know? So being a national champion and having some kind of pride around that would be, I think it's a really good step because that stuff goes like top down, bottom up. Right. So um, not seeing Olympic distance as a beginner quote unquote race on your, on your way to Ironman is, uh, is good. And for that, they need to have this big national championship that people take seriously. No, it's a really big deal. It's actually the only thing I find kind of like sad about not racing age group anymore because there's not really the equivalent at the pro level um, if you don't want to do draft legal because mm. whenever there is a pro race connected to this, it's a Continental Cup or it's, it's you know, like an ITU draft legal thing. It would be nice if they still had, they used to have a pro race at Nationals 2 that was something. It wasn't the, right. And they don't anymore. Um which would, I feel like that would add like an element because I feel like the pro Olympic distance racing outside the ITU is really, it's, it's being gutted in the U.S. It's not really a thing. It's totally totally gutted. So. Yeah. I wonder if it will resurrect. I don't know about that one. Cycle, Sarah. It'll come back. You think so? You're on the, you think it will come back? Well, everything comes right. back. Yeah. Okay. After the break, HBO makes a call out for triathletes. So we're going to talk about triathletes in pop culture. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at LiveFeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. 
If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. So, Kelly, did you go? Did you audition for the HBO show? Okay, first off, I don't think you have to audition to be an extra that isn't paid anything. But... You Second. don't? Aren't there, like, hordes of people, like, trying to make it onto TV? That's how I picture it. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> if you're not following us on Instagram, you should be, because I posted this on our Instagram stories last week, like, last Friday. Um, someone sent me a call from the HBO show Silicon Valley. They're doing a triathlon episode or an episode Triath- did they did they pronounce it like that when they call Triathlon. you Triathlon with the extra syllable episode ish um brought to you by roca and they were looking for real life triathletes and the so i emailed the woman and it was so funny because in the call it says like include your experience send us a picture of yourself and you know if you have your own bike and so i'm like oh well my experience is i'm a pro and she emails me back and says do you own your own wetsuit <laughs> yes yes i do (laughs) actually what i always find funny in those kinds of scenes like i don't know how you avoid this is like like, inevitably you end up with a bunch of people who like know how to swim and ride bikes surrounding an actor who is probably supposed to be doing well right or winning often that that can't isn't as adapted whatever the thing is right like swimming and biking are particularly funny because i know the sport so well right right and so then you see like it's supposed to be a bike race but you see a bunch of people who know how to ride bikes like soft pedaling around like an actor in a pack <laughs> then they like comes to the sprint finish and the actor takes off and everybody just keeps soft Everyone's pedaling. like, oh no do you know what goes. i'm talking about yeah is that what you're gonna have to do well i well so anyway it was in la i didn't go down to LA obviously because um they weren't paying me and oh. so I forwarded to some people in LA some friends to see if they okay. wanted to be in it well, but I feel like they've done this before the triathlon has been in tv shows before um did you ever see the Hawaii Five O episode where a bunch of triathletes commit a crime in the middle and use the triathlon as their alibi because who no. could possibly have committed this crime and still finish the triathlon and then they're like oh triathletes could and they're like scaling <laughs> this wall while still wearing their aero helmets it's amazing oh it's God. like the best episode ever of TV. that is so awesome i need to see that but yeah and then that was filmed in hawaii so a bunch of hawaii, like local hawaii athletes were extras in that episode imagine getting to scale a wall in your aero helmet i don't know if i could do that without laughing well those people were actual actors sarah so oh, they were mm-hmm. okay so they probably did it better than i would Okay, there was the time, do you remember on The Office when they were, they did like a 5K run raising yes. money for victims of rabies? Yes. And Andy Bernard was wearing a, was wearing a Zoot Sports, like full on tri-kit in the oh, episode. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Although what's funny about it is that he actually gets like nipple chafing during right. the, and I was like, oh, that's kind of, and Zoot was my sponsor at the time. I'm like, oh, that's kind of working against them a little bit. But um, yeah, it, that episode is one of my favorites of all time. If anyone's not seen the like 5K, like where, like where Michael Scott is like carbo loading before with like carbonara, like right before. And then like, 
treating it like it's like the hardest thing ever. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then anyway, it is a fabulous episode, but there it is. It's not triathlon, but it was like Zoot was was key. Was featured. It's featured. Mm-hmm. I know Roka is featured frequently um in these things. I don't think by coincidence. Right. 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 I wonder how much that kind of shit costs. A lot of money. People can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.